Hey everybody, thank you for tuning in to the second episode of the What Works Best For Me podcast. I'd like to start off by apologizing for the long delay in between episodes. I believe we're just short of a month. I know, that sucks. <laughs> I really, really do apologize for that. I know I've been trying to building it up and, you know, at that time I was trying to hype it up and soon this would be an ongoing project, something that I would nurture and cherish and really build up into something and I immediately failed. So I'm hoping to... Uh, you know, get back to the routine that I visually, sorry, initially envisioned for this. Um, so yeah, this is the beginning of that. And I know the first episode sucked. I actually wish no one listened to the first episode. I'm probably really fucking stupid for actually releasing it. Um, I, have, I was sick. I had the sniffles. Uh, if you listen to it, you clearly realize that within like the first few minutes. Um, and any of the criticism and critiques that I got was mostly based off that. Um, but with that said, I really do appreciate everybody that did listen to it, um, that bared through it, and was willing to give me some feedback on that episode of what I can do to improve um, moving forward. So for all those that actually listened, um, that spent some of your day listening to that, I truly, truly appreciate it. I thank you from the bottom of my heart, and I hope that you guys continue to support and listen to this podcast. Um, with that said, though, let's get into why. I really haven't been releasing any episodes uh, since early to mid last month. I believe it was August 7th. Um, I've been busy. Uh, As I mentioned, I believe in the first episode, I I just moved into a home or moved it back to my house. Uh, So a lot of the time has really been spent furnishing it, you know, trying to clean up and get it back to how it was prior to me leaving a few years ago. And um, I have also started a new job at that time. Um, you know, at the time of the first episode dropping, I think I was at my at my employer for for one for one week, and uh, since then it's been going a lot better. I'm feeling a lot more comfortable. Um, the sales are doing pretty well, so yeah. I initially I wasn't really feeling it all that much, but you know, over the last few weeks, I've really come to enjoy the position, enjoy uh, some of the people that I'm working with outside of this one guy that thinks it's fucking comedy hour at like nine o'clock every single morning. Just makes me want to put a bullet through my skull. It's just straight. He, he's trying to do improv. Like, I'm positive. Like, it's particularly, I think, on Thursdays, like in the middle of the week, where he thinks it's just, let's just let's just start riffing. And I don't want any part of it whatsoever. I'm still drinking my coffee. Um, but I'm the newest guy there, so I have to entertain him. And it is just incredibly awkward. I hope he gets better at it. It'll make me feel a shit ton better about it. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's been rough having to endure that for a good, you know, 10, 15 minutes, but, you know, hopefully, hopefully that'll die off from him and he won't continue that moving forward. Um, so yeah, with that said, work's been great. I've also gotten back into the dating game and I believe it's been two dates and, uh, both have not gone well or both did not go well. They were incredibly awkward. There was no chemistry. So that was rough. If you guys want to spend some time tonight, tomorrow morning, the following day, next week, perhaps next month, you know, saying a couple of Hail Marys for your boy, you know, sending some prayers and thoughts, a little bit of energy in this direction, that'd be fantastic. Um, I'm hoping to have that aspect of my life get, uh, you know, get worked out and improved to coincide with the improvements in my, in my home and my professional life. So, yeah, hopefully that goes better within the next few months. <laughs> There's also two other things that have been very time-consuming 
And are the primary reasons why I have not been recording, I guess. Um, the first one is Hades. It is a video game that I have just gotten deeper and deeper into this fucking black hole. And just playing hours upon hours. And it's just incredibly time consuming. But if you're a gamer and you love fantastic storytelling, a unique gameplay, um, and just want a game that gives you, you know, just straight content. For no matter how long you play, I just highly recommend it. It is a phenomenal game. Uh, it's hot on the Xbox. I believe it's on for the PlayStation as well. It is a PC game. It's been there for a few years now. I think it came out in 2019. Could be wrong. Could have came out last year, but uh, I know Xbox just recently got it. Highly recommend you guys play it if you're a gamer. It's just so much fun. It's got to the point where uh, I plan on naming my child Persephone. It's one of the characters uh, in the game, part of the... Uh, Greek mythology. Uh, I've fallen in love with that name, and I know moving forward, um, after I'm with a with a fine lady, and uh, we're at the point where we're gonna want to have kids, I'm gonna have to drop this bombshell and let her know that she has absolutely no choice in what our future daughter's name's gonna be because it is Persephone. It's it's been written. She could choose whatever she wants for if it's a boy, but. If it's a girl, it's Persephone. So good luck to that. Maybe that's why I'm still single. But um, uh, the other reason is um, not as nerdy as video gaming. Uh, it is the Great British Bake Off. And that show is just phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. I am now on season four, I believe, or, or a collection four. I think they go by collections on Netflix. And I'm hooked. I'm an absolute fan. It is one of the more wholesome shows that I've seen. Uh, the amount of just like positive energy, positive re like uh, reinforcement, like on that show from the judges, from other, some, from the other contestants to uh, to their competitors, it's it's just such a refreshing show to watch when you compare it to some of the um, you know drama filled cooking shows that you have in the U.S. You know Hell's Kitchen, which I w was a huge fan of. Um, some of the uh, you know Food Network ones as well, um, even Master Chef to a lesser degree. But this show is just incredibly positive. It's so much fun to watch, and some of the things that these people bake just make me wonder, like, what the fuck am I doing with my baking? I used to think that I was a fairly good baker, believe it or not, and it partly, and part of this is primarily due to like me, absolutely killing at like bake offs at my workplace. Um, my last two jobs that I've had, I've won bake-offs at each one, and it's just inflated my ego into thinking that I can actually fucking bake, and I can't. Compared to these people, I don't, I can't even hold a candle to them. I would never get invited on that show. <laughs> I'm that bad compared to these guys. Um, it got to the point too, so I probably should warn you, uh, do not watch this show and get high. Especially if you're like one of those people that get high and like you feel like, you know, at the spur of the moment you want to do something, which I guess is just kind of like counterintuitive to like what happens when you're high. Um, but, you know, I started watching this and one of the nights I just I took a gummy, got high and I tried to bake bread. And that was an absolute fucking disaster. Never going to happen it again. I, I never even tried to bake bread, you know, prior to this moment. I don't even think I had the right ingredients. I was just using, like, using flour, some eggs and shit. Like, it's... I don't know what the fuck I was baking. I have no idea. I had no recipe. I just went in there. I was like, all right, let's do this. And 
my dumbass thought thought that I could bake like a loaf of bread or something and never again. Never, never again. I probably should have taken photos to just how embarrassing that was. Uh, but yeah, that you know, those are the reasons why I really haven't been recording. Why it's been uh, close to a month since the first episode. Uh, we can blame it on my house. You can blame it on my job. You can blame it on uh, Hades, and you can blame it on the Great British Bake Off. Certainly, don't blame it on me. Blame it on those four things. Uh, but yeah, moving forward, one thing I touched on in the introduction of the show is that I love sports particularly uh, football, the NFL. I am a huge football fan. Uh, Grew up a Green Bay Packers fan, as most of you know. Fuck the Bears. Um, And this year, Packers are looking good. I'm incredibly hopeful that this is the year we finally get back to the Super Bowl. I know we're probably going to lose Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. and You know, that's going to suck. I am not looking forward to the Jordan Love era at all. Actually kind of getting sad thinking about it. But this will be the last dance for the Packers. Uh, I do think we have a phenomenal shot this year to win it. I am going to put money down on us winning it all because I just love burning money. Um, But speaking of burning money, this is what this episode is going to be focused on. Um, You know, one huge thing that a lot of people are finally being introduced to is sports betting in America. A lot of states have legalized it over the last few years. Um, You know, it's always one thing to just bet with your buddies and, you know, if you think, you know, betting on a fight and stuff like that, that's common. But, you know, now you're seeing all just an influx of, of you know, new sports bettors entering the arena and just, you know, helping fund the starving sports books out there with their hard-earned money. And that's exactly what I plan on doing uh, on this episode. So, you know, this prompted me to look at my FanDuel and my uh, Barstool Sportsbook history just to see how much money I've lost over uh, over the last year and a half on uh, on those two sports books. And believe it or not, I'm actually in the positive. <laughs> I had no idea I actually had made that much money. So that was reassuring. That made me feel a lot better answering this because my plan isn't to, you know, lead you down this alley and just mug you for your money and just, like, see you be as miserable as me when it comes to all these bad beats that we're almost destined uh, to endure, but, you know, seeing that, like, oh, wow, this guy, I, I actually make money on this shit, <laughs> um, it gave me a little bit more confidence talking about it, even though I have no system whatsoever, I'm purely shooting from the hip, I might bet against someone, because I fucking hate their quarterback, he just has a punchable face, that's good enough reason for me to bet against them, so if you do plan on listening to any of these, uh, these bets I'm going to talk about, please know that you are dealing with an idiot, okay? So an idiot that wins sometimes, but an idiot nonetheless. We are going to talk uh, primarily about week one games. Uh, We're going to bet the lines, uh, give you an idea of who I think is going to have a great year, touch on some of the teams I'm just not really high about. Um, I think out of the entire slate of games, I plan on betting nine of them, and I will get into a little bit more detail on those specific games. Uh, we're also going to give you, or I'm also going to give you uh, some of the futures that I, I absolutely love and uh, introduce you guys to three parlays that I know for a fact are going to hit and make us rich. Um, you have to play them. Trust me on this. There's just no way they fail. Um, we are going to be using the lines off of the FanDuel, oh, sorry, FanDuel Sportsbook. Uh I primarily use FanDuel. I, I love the interface. 
This is not an ad. They would never pay me. But yeah, if you see any of these lines and you're thinking like, why am I not familiar with these? Why haven't I seen these? I'm strictly going off FanDuel's. Um, so please keep that in mind, uh, you know, as you continue to listen to some of the things that I'm talking about in regards to the sports betting. So with that said, let's get right into it. The first game on the slate this week to kick off the season is Dallas versus Tampa Bay. Cowboys versus Bucks. Uh, believe it or not, these are two of my three least favorite teams. Bears are in there. Uh, but I actually probably hate Dallas more than I hate the Bears. Uh, just generally speaking, I think Dallas is a fucking shit show of a franchise. Never really understood why everybody continues to say they're America's favorite team when almost all of America hates them and despises them and they just haven't been good uh, since I've been born. Just trash. They lost to Green Bay in the playoffs. Dez did not catch that ball. Fuck you for thinking he caught that ball. And on the other hand, you have Tampa Bay, who happens to have Tom Brady. And Tom Brady is probably my most hated athlete ever i hate tom brady i think he is incredibly overrated um still one of the greatest you know top five quarterback but i just think he's overrated still somehow um he's continued you know time and time again to prove me uh prove me wrong prove that i am an idiot but still fuck tom brady i hate him you know this is the year he's gonna get old and uh collapse and you know, continue, just suck, just fall off a cliff, you know. Um, but that's not going to happen this game. I think Tampa Bay is going to roll Dallas. And it is not going to be close. So the line on FanDuel is 7.5. And that is a pretty big line. You know, Tampa Bay is at home at the beginning of the season. But I do think that Tampa Bay is just going to just blow the doors off of Dallas. For starters, Dallas is without Zach Martin. I believe that was announced earlier this morning. And he is one of the best offensive linemen in the league. Um, and that Dallas offensive line isn't what it, what it was a few years ago when you know Dak Prescott was really coming into his own and building up his reputation. Uh, they've lost a lot of key players. I believe Travis Frederick is one of them that they've lost as well too. Um, so don't expect that offensive line to be what it was in the past. Um it is nowhere near that dominant offensive line that really gave Dak like seven, sometimes eight seconds in the pocket to really just dissect the defense because that's all you need. Um, you are not going to be getting this. And as we saw with Tampa Bay um, against the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, Tampa Bay's defensive line, specifically their pass rush, is elite. They have incredibly fast linebackers as well, and that's going to be really, really uh, helpful against Zeke in that rushing game. Um one aspect, uh, do, one player that I do really like on, ta- uh, or sorry, on Dallas, and I hope he does pretty well, is Tony Pollard. Um, you know, I think Tony Pollard's a special running back. It'd be really fun to see if, uh, you know, if Zeke has another average year, if the Cowboys will move forward with Tony Pollard as a starting running back. Um, but that's, you know, pure speculation. That's looking too far to the future. But, um, you know, that's going to be a fun, it's going to be fun to see Zeke and Pollard against that Tampa Bay, you know, front seven and see who wins that battle. I My money's heavily on Tampa on, on that battle. And their secondary has been proven to really hold its own against some of the top talent in the NFL. The way they were able to, you know, contain Tyreek Hill in Super Bowl, um, again, a lot of that was partly, you know, a lot of that was due to that incredible pass rush. Um, it was incredible. You know, these guys, they've, they earned that Super Bowl. They And the reason why I keep bringing up the Super Bowl is because the Tampa Bay Bucks have brought back every single starter 
from the offense and defense. That's fucking amazing. Uh, I don't know where I heard it, but I believe this is the first time that's happened since like nine, somewhere in the 1970s, maybe the 1980s. Just absolutely phenomenal on their GM to be able to you know achieve that, um, which sucks because I don't want Tampa to be good, but they're gonna be fucking uh, they're gonna be fucking great again, and uh, it's gonna start this week. They're just gonna absolutely demolish Dallas. Um, so a few key points on this game, you know, if you want to bet the over, you know that's fine. I'm going to stay away from that. I'm particularly looking at the Tampa Bay minus 7.5. I'm betting, I'm actually going to bet this game, and I'm going to be betting uh, Tampa Bay minus 7.5. So I am going to bet that. Um, You know, Dallas has a really promising offense with Michael Gallup, Amari Cooper, and CeeDee Lamb at wide receiver. Like, that is one of the best, if not the best, wide receiving core in the National Football League. Actually, not the best because they're probably playing against the best wide receiver core in the NFL. Um, And then you have Zeke and Tony Pollard and Dak Prescott, who I'm not the biggest fan of, but he's shown that he can absolutely sling the ball sometimes. So, yeah, it's it's a high-powered offense. I think that defense is going to be better than what it was last season too. Um, You know, they did invest a lot in the draft. I believe Michael Parsons is now the starting linebacker there. Um, you know, Van Der Esch was also very, very good last year. So, you know, I think Dallas has a lot going for it on the defensive side, at least a lot more than what they had in the past. Um, but we'll see, you know, yeah, I think they also have Keanu Neal and Jalen Smith. So that linebacker court, it's, it's very good. But with the loss of, um, you know, Byron Jones a few years ago, it's, you know, secondary, it's there to be had. Um, and I think they will get exposed this year and, who better to expose them than this passing attack from Tampa Bay? With Amari, sorry, not Amari Cooper, with Mike Evans, um, Antonio Brown, and I can't, I, Chris Godwin. Like, that is just, how do you stop that? I just don't see how you could possibly stop that. That offensive line on Tampa Bay is really, really good as well. And then that two headed running attack within, or sorry, between Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette, they're just an incredibly balanced team. So, yeah, Thursday night, the season opener. I'm taking Tampa Bay minus seven and a half. Uh, I absolutely love Tampa Bay. You know, if this gets pushed to eight, I'm still taking Tampa Bay. I just think they're going to absolutely, you know, just destroy Dallas this week. Next, we have Buffalo versus Pittsburgh. Buffalo's home, and uh, they're minus six and a half. I am not going to bet this game. I I think Buffalo is going to, you know, kill them. But, you know, I do want to see how Pittsburgh you know, plays, I'm really interested to see how Ben does, you know, he's obviously not as young as he once was, uh, but there's a lot of firepower on that Pittsburgh team, you know, they have Deontay Johnson, um, they just drafted Najee Harris at running back, you have the TikTok guys and Juju Smith-Schuster and Chase Claypool, there is a lot of talent on that offense, but that offensive line is just not good, um, not good at all. Some might even say it's the worst in the National Football League. And Buffalo is known for having a great defense. So they are probably going to get to Ben, and they are going to disrupt him. It's going to be really interesting to see, you know, that secondary, which is filled with a lot of great players, you know, especially like Tredavious White, um, you know, handle these wide receivers on Pittsburgh and, you know, try to um, stop Najee Harris, who I think is going to be a phenomenal football player in the NFL. Um, But... I would lean towards betting Buffalo minus six and a half, but I'm not going to bet it because I'm just not that confident. Uh, but that is a fun game that I'm really looking forward to. 
Just not confident either way on betting that, so I will not be betting it. Next is Carolina versus New York Jets. Carolina's home, minus five, five-point favorites. I am taking Carolina minus five to the fucking bank. This is one of the locks uh, for me this week. I think Carolina is going to fucking destroy the Jets. Um, that isn't to say that I think Carolina is just a phenomenal team. There are a lot of um, issues with this team, you know, particularly on the offensive line. And that defense, you know, could obviously have some improvements too. But with Hassan Reddick on that team, Shaq Thompson, Dante Jackson, like they have some some pretty promising players. Not even promising, but very, very good players. So it's going to be interesting to see how that works out. But I don't think the Jets are going to be that team to really take advantage of it. For starters, Zach Wilson, rookie, right? Um, it's really hard for a rookie to just go in there, guns ablaze, and just start lighting someone up from the get-go. That isn't to say I, I think Zach Wilson's bad. I think he actually is probably one of the more promising young quarterbacks in the National Football League, and I do think the Jets got a real good one. And they do have weapons too. So like, I'm a huge fan of Corey Davis. Corey Davis is one of my favorite wide receivers in the NFL. I don't think he really reached his potential in Tennessee, and I'm hoping he can reach it here with the Jets. You know, we'll see. But last year they also, you know, invested a lot as far as draft capital with the Denzel Mims. You know, they got Jamison Crowder coming back. They have other players like Elijah Moore that they drafted this year. I think even Keelan Cole was on that offensive team. Or sorry, on that uh, wide receiving course. So they have weapons and they're you know they did surround Zach Wilson with some talented um, you know uh, ball catchers. So it's gonna be interesting to see if they can take advantage of that you know, Panthers defense, but I just am that much more confident in the Panthers, you know, taking advantage of the Jets inefficiencies on the defensive end. Uh, for starters, you have DJ Moore, another one of my favorite wide receivers in the football league, in the National Football League. You have Robbie Anderson. Uh, Terrace Marshall's been pretty interesting too. You know, they just drafted him. I'm not sure what his role is going to be on the offense when you have like two really, really good and, um, you know, DJ, two really good wide receivers and DJ Moore is a, He's going to just command a whole lot of targets. He's going to get, he is going to be fucking fantastic this year. I'm not sure if anybody here plays fantasy football, but if you do, highly invest, invest, invest in DJ Moore. He's so good. Uh, but then you also have Christian McCaffrey. He's one of the best running backs, if not the best running back in the National Football League. One of the, Definitely the best pass catching uh, running back in the league. And I just am that much more confident in uh, Sam Darnold than I am Zach Wilson. Plus, it's a revenge game. I know you should have bet revenge games, but that's the primary reason why I'm betting this game. I think Sam Darnold is going to finally play, you know, be able to showcase his talents against the team that fucking neutered him. You know, he doesn't have to deal with that fucking weirdo Adam Gase anymore. He is going to light up the New York Jets. If you're doing a DFS lineup, put him in your fucking lineup. You know, match him with DJ Moore or Robbie Anderson, and you're going to fucking win. Sam Darnold, four touchdowns, absolutely fucking book it. There is no way that does not happen. That is my uh, my first lock. I have two locks this week, but I am incredibly high on this down, down, sorry, Carolina just shitting on the Jets. Um, the next one is Jacksonville versus Houston. Um, you know, two teams that are in rebuilding uh, phases, and I'm going to lean Jacksonville here. I'm actually probably going to bet this game too. Um, I am probably going to just bet Jacksonville uh, plus two and a half, I think. Uh, sorry, Jacksonville minus two and a half. Um, you know, Houston's at home. They just announced this morning that um, Watson would not be starting. So he's going to be a healthy inactive. Um, it's only a matter of time that he gets traded. Uh, I know right now I think the 
the favorite our favorite is the Miami Dolphins. Uh, I think that'll probably happen sooner than later. Uh, but with that said, you know, you get Trevor Lawrence in Jacksonville, you know, one of the most hyped, uh, you know, young quarterbacks entering the league since probably Andrew Luck. I can't think of anybody um, that's been as hyped up as Trevor Lawrence. And there's a reason why he's just he was absolutely phenomenal in college. I don't see why that will not translate in the NFL either, especially because they've done a really good job um, in surrounding him with, you know, promising players. Um, to really make him ease in uh, into the pace and the speed of the NFL. You know, it sucks that uh, Travis Etienne got injured. You know, obviously both were, uh, you know came from the same college at Clemson. They had a good chemistry. It is really, really unfortunate that, you know, he got injured so early in, into the preseason. But, you know, with that said, I, I still think they have enough talent on the offensive end to really help him out. One of my favorite wide receivers, I know I keep saying that a lot, but I, I'm just – in love with a lot of the young talent in the NFL. Uh, LaVisca Chenault, he is one of my favorite, uh, if not my favorite uh, young wide receiver in the NFL. He is incredibly promising. I think he's going to just beat the brakes off of whoever's guarding him in this matchup. Uh, DJ Chark is also someone that I believe was a second-round pick a few years ago. They signed Marvin Jones, that veteran leadership at the position. You know, I just think they have a lot of talent. Not to mention James Robinson, who was one of the top rushers last year. That offense... I have much more faith in it, especially with Urban Meyer at head coach. I'm an Ohio State fan, so it's a little biased. Um, I just think it's almost a certainty that they're going to beat Houston, which is why I'm betting it. Um, You know, the one thing that I do like that Houston has going for it, I'm a big Tyrod Taylor fan. I don't think he's ever gotten a fair shake, really, with his career. Uh, It's unfortunate what happened last year, too. I believe it was last year. You know, Kervert's kind of – COVID kind of just created this blur, but – with a medical doctor just piercing his lung, I believe, uh, while they were performing uh, just a regular procedure, and he just fucking pierced his lung, and uh, that what that's what helped uh, push Justin Herbert into the starting position, and you know the charges never looked back after that. Um, so it's nice to see Tyrod Taylor get another opportunity to start, but I just don't think the talent's there. Uh, you know, Larry Tunsil, they did trade for, I believe, it was last year, or the year before. They gave up a lot of draft capital. Uh, for him, but you know he's the starting left tackle. He's the best piece on that offensive line. Brandon Cooks is still there. I think they signed Chris Conley. Um, yeah, there's just not a lot there, and they have a running back by committee too with Mark Ingram, David Johnson, and I think Philip Lindsay is still there. Uh, yeah, Philip Lindsay is definitely there. I don't know why, <laughs> why like uh, acted like he wasn't there. And Rex Burkhead. So you have four fucking running backs there, which essentially means you have not a single running back. The defense has some of uh some real some I guess some talented players too. You know, I did uh really like Zach Cunningham. He kinda of reminds me of like a Blake Martinez type where he's really good against the rush, but you know, he just gets absolutely exposed in the passing game. And I think that's gonna happen again. You know, uh they did also sign Christian Kirksey from the Packers. So they have some talent, Eric Murray, but I just think Jacksonville's gonna win this game. Uh, I'm going to take Jacksonville minus two and a half, and I'm definitely betting that one. The next one's Arizona versus Tennessee. Um, I wasn't going to bet this one, but I am going to bet it. I'm taking Tennessee minus three. Uh, Tennessee just you know acquired Julio Jones, one of the biggest offseason acquisitions. You pair him uh, with A.J. Brown, and you that just absolutely dominant Derrick Henry, <laughs> just monster at the running back position, even though it isn't already winter where players are just – you know, refusing to tackle. That is such a talented offense. Uh, I hope that Julio Jones doesn't decline 
rapidly. I know he's getting up there in age. I still have faith in him being a very productive wide receiver. So, yeah, uh, Ryan Tannehill is surrounded by weapons. I just think that they're going to really expose Arizona for, you know, just being a hype machine. I am not high on the Arizona Cardinals. Um, I know a lot of people just want to, you know, jump on them because they were kind of sexy last year. You get Kyler Murray, this fun, you know, uh, explosive quarterback who's been this way ever since uh, he was in high school. Um, And he is very fun to watch. But I just don't see it with this team. And you have Cliff Kingsbury, who uh, everybody was fucking gushing over on his transition to the NFL. Again, I'm not a huge fan. I, I just don't see how this team is going to be able to compete in that division when it's just absolutely stacked with Seattle, yeah, the Rams, and I can't think of the other fucking team. Um, Seattle, the Rams, and San Francisco, which is another team I'm not that high on, but those are three talented teams, and I think they're going to finish fourth in the season. Um, so they added A.J. Green. I'm not a huge fan of that signing. A.J. Green is a shell of himself. Um, but they do have one of the best wide receivers in DeAndre Hopkins. Christian Kirk is fun. And they invested uh, a draft pick on Rondell Moore, who was entering this year. Uh, or last year uh, was my favorite wide receiver in college football. He didn't perform uh, to, you know, to the numbers that he was putting up in his rookie year. Or sorry, his freshman year. But I have a lot of faith that Rondell Moore is going to do incredibly well in the NFL. And I actually am kind of excited to see Kyler Murray and, you know, Moore's relationship over the next few years. They, you know, they have Chase Edmonds at the starting running back position with James Conner as the backup. That'll be fun. Um, and the offense has talent. And it's going to be fun. But that defense, I do think, has a lot of issues. They did uh, add Zayvon Collins uh, through the draft. We'll see how that goes. Buda Baker was one of the better safeties last year, too. So, yeah, J.J. Watts obviously, uh, you know, been added to that team with Chandler Jones. So they have a pass rush. Um, you know, saying all these names out loud makes you think that, wow, this team should be good. But there's just something that uh, about Cliff Kingsbury that just rubs me the wrong way. And uh, because of that, because of that, it could be just be a stupid reason, too. I just don't like Cliff. Um, I'm taking Tennessee minus three. And I think, you know, I'm pretty confident that's going to happen, too. Yeah, that offensive line, I think they've had some issues with COVID. Could be wrong. Uh, but I vaguely remember seeing that. So I wonder if that will impact the game a lot. But, uh, you know, with them being home and adding one of my favorite defensive players in Bud Dupree, I just think this defense is, you know, going to get a lot better. And that offense is just incredibly talented. Give me minus uh, Tennessee minus three. I will be betting that for sure. I'm starting to realize that I've taken a lot of time talking about these games. So I'm just going to go ahead and bypass some of the the games I'm not really that into that I know I will not be betting. Uh, the first one is Philadelphia versus Atlanta. Atlanta's uh, three-and-a-half-point uh, favorites. I'm not going to bet that. Uh, while I think Philadelphia is probably going to win that game, I'm just I'm just not inspired to really bet that one, so we'll just go ahead and bypass that. Um, Detroit versus San Francisco. I know I briefly touched on San Francisco being in a really loaded division with the Arizona Cardinals uh, and the Rams and the Seahawks. I just don't. I have a blind spot, I believe, um, and that blind spot is the San Francisco, uh, San Francisco 49ers. Uh, I'm not a big fan of Debo Samuel. I don't know why either. Um, definitely don't like Jimmy Garoppolo. And this, there's something about that team that everyone expects them be, to be very good, and they probably are going to be very good, but for some reason I just can't see it happening. Um, and that kind of scares me, so I'm not going to bet any of their games uh, probably for the first few weeks, just to see if they really are 
um, as advertised. If they are this dominant defensive team that has some firepower on the offensive side, uh, but until then, they got to prove it to me, uh, and I'm going to kind of fade them um, because they could very well be good, and I just don't want to lose that much money. And Detroit's going to be a shit show. Um, but seven and a half point underdogs at home, that's a lot of points. And, uh, you know, adding Jared Goff after losing Matthew Stafford in that trade, it's it's definitely a downgrade. Um, but, you know, smart money is probably on San Francisco, but I just do not feel comfortable betting that. Uh, the next one, again, is another uh, NFC West team in Seattle. Uh, they're playing against Indianapolis, and Indianapolis is a two-and-a-half-point underdog at home. I kind of want to bet that one, but I'm not going to either because Seattle is another one of those teams that very well could be uh, a good team, but I just also I just don't see it. I don't know why. Um, in Indianapolis, you know, you know, they are now beginning the Carson Wentz era. It's going to be interesting to see how that goes as well. You know, Wentz is a very intriguing player. You know, he had that one year where he was in MVP form. If I'm not mistaken, he was the top three, uh, top three in the MVP race at that time prior to his injury. I think this was just like three years ago, two, three years ago. And ever since then, it's just been an absolute shit show to the point where that relationship at Philly is just dissolved. And now he finds himself in Indianapolis uh, with some talent around him. You know, you do have Michael Pittman Jr., who's a fun player, fun young player. Uh, T.Y. Hilton, he should be back. I think he's missing week one. He's up there in age now, but he's still a dynamic wide receiver. I don't care what anybody says. Um, at no point this year will you be surprised if you see T.Y. go off for like 180, if not 200 yards on any single, any given game. So um, there is some talent on that offense, not to mention uh, Jonathan Taylor at the running back position and a phenomenal offensive line too. Uh, but, yeah, I'm not going to bet that game. I'm not really that confident either way. If there was a gun to my head, I'd probably take Indianapolis just because the whole uh, home underdog aspect. But, yeah, staying away from that one. Minnesota versus Cincinnati. Cincinnati, um, they're three-point underdogs at home, too. A lot of uh, home dogs this week. Uh, I love Cincinnati's offense, particularly because it's young. Big fan of Joe Burrow. Uh, Jamar Chase is going to be great despite having a horrific preseason. Uh, I think he had about five to six drops, which is ridiculous <laughs> for a three-game span. So that obviously sucks, but he's going to ride the ship. And I, he's just too talented to not be successful. And then you give up T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd. There's just a lot of offensive firepower on that team. And Joe Mixon is one of my favorite running backs too. It's just a fun team. Uh, Minnesota, though, at the same time, you have Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen. They just added Chris Herndon, who I actually really like too from the, the Jets. So that'll help solve their tight end problem after losing Irv Smith. Um, yeah, Kirk Cousins. You know, everyone knows who Kirk Cousins is. He's just going to be a consistent quarterback. Nothing special. Um, you know, there's going to be times where he just absolutely pops off. And it's, it's hard not to pop off when you have all that talent, too. So if I had to bet this game, I'd probably go Minnesota. Just because I think Minnesota is a, a playoff contending team, whereas Cincinnati isn't. Um but again, home underdogs, you never know. But I just don't feel confident either way. Uh, the next game I will be betting, uh, that is Miami versus the Patriots. So the big news, obviously, last week, uh, Cam Newton was cut by the Patriots. Um, you know, kind of surprising. It kind of seemed like, uh, you know, he was going to be able to win that early on, early on. 
that he was going to be able to be the starter, but then Mac Jones absolutely killed it in the preseason. Uh, he looked phenomenal in those early games, and like all the reports from New England is that he has just been an absolute uh, team player, the leader that you want in a young quarterback. Um, I heard something on another podcast that he was actually like doing drills, all the running drills with the offensive linemen. So you know he is establishing establishing himself as an absolute leader at the position, as much as you can be as a rookie quarterback. So um, yeah, it may, kind of makes sense why New England would go ahead and just cut ties. And you know Cam has had issues with accuracy ever since he entered in the NFL. So um, and I don't really think that's going to be a problem with Mac Jones. It doesn't seem like that's going to be one of his flaws, if at all. So he's probably a better fit for the uh, for the Belichick offense. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes. Um, however, with that said, I'm taking Miami. I love Miami this year. I don't think they're going to win the division because I, I it's really hard to bet against the hoodie. But Miami's will be a fun team. So they may as well. They they very might well you know trade for Deshaun Watson this year. But we're going to approach this as if Tua remains as a starting quarterback. I have faith that Tua is going to be the type of quarterback that doesn't absolutely lose you a game, but he's also not going to win you one, right? Um, and that whole, like, he he did it while we had rookie year, which is fine. I, I think we go into these years or into these seasons with these rookie quarterbacks and we just absolutely expect them to just, like, throw the ball and just start slinging it and, you know, put up, like, 25 to 30 touchdowns and, you know, only 10 interceptions or less, like, we can't expect that all the time, you know. There are growing pains when you make that transition. And as everybody says, like, the game speed in the NFL is just incredibly a lot. It's incredibly fast compared to the college level. And when you're playing with the talent that a lot of these Alabama quarterbacks had, uh, you know, playing against inferior talent in other colleges, uh, it's easy to, to do well there, you know, when you're a talented quarterback. Whereas now, like, it's a lot more of an even playing field in the NFL. So, but with that said, like Miami, they added Jalen Waddle. The my my like Miles Gaskin at the running back position too. That offensive line has gotten a lot better over the years, even though they lost uh, Laramie Tunsil to to Houston. And that defensive secondary is one of the best, if not the best. I guess just strictly speaking, with the cornerbacks in the NFL. Um, so you have Byron Jones, who is just dynamite. I don't know how you could not like Byron Jones. Uh, so that was a huge loss for Dallas a year or two ago. And then Xavier Howard, who is just one of the best cover corners, just lockdown corners in the league too. Um, I believe they added Eric Rowe. I think that's the case. Um, and then they also have like Christian Wilkins and uh, Emmanuel Agba. So they have a lot of talent on the defensive end. I am I wouldn't be surprised if they're a top 10, top 12 defensive team uh, at the end of the year. Again, you pair that with that offense that has some a lot has a lot of talent. Uh, with Mike Gusecki is one of the best, uh, sorry, one of the most uh, athletic tight ends in the NFL. Uh, Devontae Parker, who's shown off the last three years. Albert Wilson is one of the best in creating separations, one of the, like, the prototypical, uh, you know, 5'9", five, 5'10", five, slot receiver who is just going to be that safety blanket for a young quarterback. Um, and again, Jalen Waddle, who just, an absolute speedster, a track star, who's going to help spread the field. So I love Miami this year. I love Miami this game. I'm taking Miami plus three against New England, betting that you guys just trust me on this one. Like I really do think Miami's going to win this game. Uh, so you can take the money line, but I'm going to take the three points just in case because you never know. 
that Belichick's uh, pretty fucking crazy sometimes. Uh, the next game I will also be betting, and it's Kansas City minus six and a half against the Cleveland Browns. I think Kansas City's going to enter this year with a mission, and that is obviously to get back to the Super Bowl and to revert back as Super Bowl champions. They got embarrassed, let's just be honest. They got embarrassed against uh, the Tampa Bay Bucks on national television. The most watched game of the year, and they just got destroyed. Um, that has to do something for you, you know? I wouldn't be surprised if they just enter this just enter this season with this mission and this intent to just steamroll everybody that comes across their way. They're an incredibly talented team. Let's act like it's not act like they're not. Uh, they have one of the most hated wide receivers, yet one of the most talented at Tyreek Hill. Uh, Travis Kelsey is arguably the best. Actually, I don't even think it's arguable. He's the best tight end in the National Football League. Um, and Patrick Mahomes is the most talented quarterback uh, in the NFL, too. So there's just no doubt in my mind this offense is going to continue to click. They improve the offensive line after being embarrassed in the Super Bowl. And they do have a lot of playmakers still on the defensive side. So I have no reservations whatsoever in saying that the Chiefs are going to continue to be great. And it's just unfortunate for the Cleveland Browns, who I, I want to root for. Um, they're always a fun underdog story. But Kansas City minus six and a half, it's a lot. Uh, but they're at home. Uh, they got embarrassed in their last game. I think Andy Reid is going to get these guys to just go in there and ball out. I'm betting this one for sure. Kansas City, give me uh, minus six and a half. I'll take that. Uh, the next one's Denver versus uh, the Denver Broncos versus the New York Giants. Oh, boy. Uh, let me start off by saying that I am probably too high on the Denver Broncos. Uh, definitely higher than most. I fucking love this offense. Uh, specifically the positional players. So I won't talk much about the offensive line. Um, but I love the talent that they have at the wide receiver position and the running back position. Um, so to begin, also they added Terry Bridgewater. Uh, so, you know, that's an obvious improvement over Drew Locke. <laughs> I don't think that needs to be explained either. Um, so the wide receiver position, Cortland Sutton, great young receiver. Unfortunately, he was injured last year, but he's finally healthy. And you got him against, uh, you have him across from Jerry Judy, who was a first round draft pick last year. Incredibly promising, uh, athletic wide receiver, um, you know, across from him. And then one of my favorite speedsters in K.J. Hamler, who uh, most of you probably don't know, but K.J. Hamler is a fun player. He had some games last year where he uh, was able to take advantage of his speed and uh, just, you know, just run right past uh, defenders. So uh, that wide receiver core, if healthy, is going to be incredibly fun, incredibly young. And you pair that with Javante Williams, who was just drafted this year. Uh, you have the... Uh, the veteran in Melvin Gordon, too, who they're probably going to run into the ground uh, considering it's his final year into the contract. Um, and again, another one of the more talented athletic tight ends in the, at the, uh, in the NFL, and Noah Fant. So you have Noah Fant, uh, Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, K.J. Hamler, Melvin Gordon, Javante Williams. You have all that for Bridgewater. I just don't see how this offense is, isn't one of the top offenses in the league. Again, I, I this could be another blind spot for me. I, I I just could be wrong here, but this team just seems too promising for me to not uh to just not fall in love with. And it's, granted, it has a lot of my favorite young players, but there's just so much speed on that offense, so much talent at the skill positions. I just don't see how 
uh, if Vic Fangio really isn't able to get this, uh, you know, take advantage of that and have the OC just like put Bridgewater in a position where he's going to flourish. Because Drew Locke really did, uh, you know, not a, I guess, how do I say this? I don't think Drew Locke was terrible. <laughs> because again, I do think we have these expectations for young quarterbacks. That's It's really unfair. But he didn't show enough to uh, to make you believe that he is a starting quarterback. Um, I don't know why I give him the benefit of the doubt. I really don't. I think it's just because of his arm talent. But, um, yeah, he didn't do enough. I think Teddy Bridgewater is a better alternative here. And I am really high on the Broncos this year. Whereas you have the Giants, and I just don't know. I, I'm not a big fan of Daniel Jones. I think uh, the Giants fucked that one up. But they did add uh, Kenny Galladay, who is one of the better young receivers in the NFL. You know, they're, that offensive line is getting a little bit better. Saquon's going to be back. So they do have talent, but I just have no faith in Daniel Jones whatsoever. Um, so, yeah, give me Denver uh, minus two and a half on the road. I think Denver's going to win this one pretty easily. And I am definitely going to be uh, betting Denver a fuck ton throughout the year. They are going to be one of my favorite teams. If uh, if I didn't have NFL NFL Red Zone, if there was like an NFL Game Pass or a Season Pass, just like they do with uh, the NBA, they would be my uh, my Season Pass team. I think they're going to be incredibly fun to watch. And how can you not root for a successful Teddy Bridgewater after everything that he's endured in his career so far? So, yeah, Denver minus two and a half. Take that to the fucking bank. Uh, the next one is. Uh, something that no one probably wants to hear about, but it's the Green Bay Packers versus the New Orleans Saints. So if you are an insufferable, uneducated piece of shit and root for the Chicago Bears, you're probably not going to want to hear this one. Um, I think Green Bay is fantastic. I'm definitely not biased. I think they are a Super Bowl contender, and I think they beat the brakes off the Saints. They are just, they're just a better team. It's really fun to see Jameis Winston come back. Um, and earned that position over Taysom Hill, which wasn't that hard because Taysom Hill is just not an NFL quarterback. Um, but with them losing Michael Thomas to the beginning of the season and not really having a lot of talent at the wide receiver position, I know there's a lot of Marquez uh, Callaway stands out there, but there really isn't a lot of talent on that offense outside at the position, uh, positional players, skilled positions, outside of Elvin Kamara. Um, and that is just not enough for Jameis Winston to take advantage of this Packers defense, which... Again, I'm incredibly biased, but I think it's an incredibly deep defensive unit. Um, you have Jair Alexander, who is arguably the best cornerback in the NFL. In my eyes, he is the best cornerback in the, the cornerback in the NFL. Um, he is going to absolutely put clamps on Marcos Callaway. And once you do that, you take away an already depleted wide receiving core and make it that much more useless. I just don't see how uh, New Orleans is able to, uh, to do well this game. Granted... Green Bay's offseason has been an absolute nightmare as far as all the PR um, and all of the headlines that you've seen coming out of training camp and prior to training camp with all of the Rodgers rumors. Um, I think Matt LaFleur is going to have this team uh, ready for week one. I think Aaron Rodgers is a professional, and he is, in my opinion, the greatest quarterback of all time. I just don't see how this offense doesn't continue to build up off what they had last year. You know, we did lose Jamal Williams, which sucks. But you add, uh, you know, A.J. Dillon last year, and he's going to just fill up that role. And I just don't think this offense is going to skip a beat. Resign Aaron Jones to an extension. Devontae Adams is going to be interesting considering that uh, this is the final year 
and uh, you know early reports, especially with the entire like Aaron Rodgers saga, is that uh, you know he wants to be the highest paid receiver in the NFL. Packers are probably aren't going to make that happen. So there's a chance that Rodgers and Devontae Adams leave this uh, off season, or this uh, next year's off season, and uh, this could be their last ride with the Packers. So I think there are a lot of incentives for both team or for him and Rodgers to to do well this year to continue to show that they are the best of the best of the position um, because they're probably going to be on a new team next year and you got to get candidates like that or you have to have teams that want you. And it's not like they are short of interest either because obviously who wouldn't want Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams? But, um, yeah, I just don't see how Green Bay doesn't get 12, 13 wins against this year. Completely biased, whatever the fuck. I don't give a shit. They are fucking good. Um, and I think they're going to beat New Orleans. So Green Bay minus four. I think this is being played in Jacksonville. I could be wrong, but I know it was moved. It's no longer being played in New Orleans, which thank God. Because uh, if there's a team that has home field advantage, it's definitely New Orleans. Um, but yeah, it, it, this is going to be, this is a candidate for just an absolute blowout. Green Bay minus four. Give me that all day, every day. That isn't to say New Orleans is a bad team either because I do think they're going to be uh, playoff in playoff contention. Um, last year they were in the playoffs, one of the favorites too in the NFC with a quarterback who couldn't throw past 15 yards. Um, now you have Jameis Winston after having LASIK surgery. Um, and you know he has no reservations whatsoever on slinging the ball. So I do think New Orleans is going to be good this year, but give me Green Bay minus four. Uh, the next game is going to be a boring one. A shit show of a game. It is the Chicago Bears versus the Los Angeles Rams. I am also betting this one, and I do think the Rams are just going to beat the Bears. Uh, fairly easy, too. I hate Andy Dalton. I don't know why the fuck he was the answer for the Bears. And they are beyond lucky that Justin Fields dropped to him. I want to hate Justin Fields now because he's a Chicago Bear. But as an OSU fan and as a fan of just good football, there's no way Justin Fields is going to fail. The Bears got so fucking lucky in landing Justin Fields as late as they did. And I think that was probably the best draft pick of the NFL uh, draft. He is going to kill it. It's only a matter of time until he's a starter. But unfortunately, he will not be starting this week. Um, I think Andy Dalton is a game manager at best. And against this defensive front on the Rams, uh, Aaron Donald and even Leonard Floyd, who this is, I guess, another revenge game for him, which I'm not that high on. I'm not a big fan of Floyd. Uh, but Aaron Donald is just the best defensive lineman in the NFL, arguably the best defensive player in the NFL. He's going to get his. That offensive line, I know, on the, on the Bears improved a lot in the second half of the season uh, last year. But there are still a lot of question marks on that offensive line, and I just don't see how they have any answer whatsoever to that pass rush um, from the Rams. Not to mention you have Jalen Ramsey, too. So, like, him against Allen Robinson, um, against Darnell Mooney, I just don't see how. I have much more faith in the Matthew Stafford-led offense and Andy Andy Dalton-led offense, especially when Matthew Stafford has Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, uh, Tyler Higby. It is a shame that they lost Cam Akers. He was one of the more promising young running backs in the NFL. Uh, but with Darrell uh, Henderson, I, I think they have enough talent to really take advantage and uh, and win this game. Plus, Chicago's defense isn't what it once was. And I think we all have to finally fucking admit that. Uh, 
you know, two, three years ago when they had it back and they made the playoffs. Did they make the playoffs? Yeah, I think they made the playoffs. I know they made it last year, but it wasn't. Really, they weren't that good at all. Like that defense was very, very good with the early Khalil Mack, the first year he was with the Bears, um, and it's just not been as good since. Um, so that isn't to say that Khalil Mack and that entire staff sucks, but like uh, I can't think of the safety, the young safety who made the all. I think it was an All Pro his rookie year. For some reason, his name isn't coming to my to my head. Um, but like he took a huge decline last year. And I think we're fooling ourselves if we continue to think that this defense is is what it once was. Uh, Akeem Hicks is another year older. You know, he was one of the more underrated defensive linemen in the NFL for a few years now. And then you do have a lot of talent in, like, Roquan Smith. and uh, Oh, Eddie Jackson. That's his name, Eddie Jackson. Like, Eddie Jackson was phenomenal two years ago, two, three years ago. And then last year, he was average at best. But, you know, Roquan Smith is phenomenal. That is a terrific uh, addition to the Bears, you know, last year. Uh, but that secondary, uh, who do they have, like, uh, what the, like, Gibson? Like, I just, I think that secondary is to be had. I think they will be had. Um, yeah, no, give me the Rams minus seven and a half. I wouldn't be surprised if that's eight <laughs> uh, by the time the game starts. I will gladly take. The Rams at home minus seven and a half. I think that's going to be a fairly easy game for them to win. Um, and then the final game on the slate, the Monday night game, it's the uh, Raiders versus the Baltimore Ravens. And uh, Baltimore Ravens been beat to shit, man. Like they, um, they lost J.K. Dobbins. I think Marquise Brown. Not sorry, Marquise Brown. Rashad Bateman's injured. Uh, he was the the new addition through the draft at the wide receiver position. I'm a huge Bateman fan. I loved him in Minnesota. Uh, during his collegiate years, uh, and if not, if I'm not mistaken, they also lost their uh, their backup in Justin Hill, Justice Hill, today with a with a torn ACL or an Achilles tear. So they are just being destroyed with injuries. Uh, with that said, though, you do have a very talented and unique player in Lamar Jackson. Uh, you know, Hollywood Brown is still there. Mark Andrews is one of the best offensive tight ends in the league too. So. They do have talent, but, man, they have just been beat to shit over the past few weeks with these just terrible injuries. And they're playing against a Raiders team that's at home. You know, they get to play in their brand-new stadium. Like, how could you not get amped up for that, playing in that fucking spaceship? So I do think the Raiders have a lot going for them. You know, they're four-and-a-half-point home dogs. I'm taking the Raiders here, uh, plus the points. You know, I, I do like Henry Roggs. Brian Edwards is an okay wide receiver, too. And Hunter Renfro is one of the sneaky, uh, better slot receivers in the NFL, believe it or not. And that offensive line, you know, it isn't fantastic, but there is a lot of talent there. Uh, I remember they – I know they drafted some kid. I just can't remember his name. Um, and I'm not going to look it up right now. <laughs> uh, but you had Max Crosby, too, at the on the, on the defensive line, who – I think at one point he had 10 sacks. I know that there was kind of a meme that he was, that he had more sacks than Khalil Mack at one point. Um, but that's no longer a thing. Um, I, I, I do think that defense has some talent. I, I know for a fact they added Casey Hayward, who, former Packer, uh, former Los Angeles Charger, a quarterback. He was absolutely fantastic. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Raiders keep it close, and with all the injuries that the Baltimore offense has endured over the past few weeks, I just find it really hard to think that the Baltimore Ravens are just going to run it down the throats of the Raiders. Wouldn't be surprised, though, at the end of the day, but I'm going to take 
uh, the Raiders plus four and a half here to end out the week one bets. Uh, so yeah, the bets that I will be making just to reiterate everything, uh, Tampa Bay minus seven and a half, uh, Carolina minus, minus five, Jacksonville minus two and a half, Tennessee minus three, uh, the Washington Redskins plus one. Uh, I'm just going to go with the money line. Uh, I don't even know if I talked about that game, did I? I did it. Um, that's that's right, I did it. Uh, that is actually my second lock of this week. I can't believe I missed that one. I almost went without talking about it. The Washington Redskins are going to fucking destroy the Chargers. Book it. They're one-point dogs right now at home, and I fucking love this team so much. For starters, you have Ryan Fitzpatrick. Now, I understand it. That Fitzpatrick is not one of the top 10 quarterbacks in the NFL. I get it. But he's so much fucking fun to watch. And I don't get how you could not have fun watching Ryan Fitzpatrick. Partly why I'm locking this and going to lose probably money on it is just because I love Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, but also they have Scary Terry, uh, the new addition of Curtis Samuel. It's been announced that he's going to be playing week one. Antonio Gibson's looking at one of the more looking to be one of the more promising uh dual threats at the wide receiver position in, in both passing and rushing. Um, you know, Logan Thomas really came to his own last year at the tight end position too. That offensive line is what it is. It's a pretty good one. And that defense is stacked. That defense is good. We saw them last year keep up with the Tampa Bay Bucks in the playoff game. Like they have this medal with them. Like they are I think they're gonna win the NFC East. Sorry, the NFC uh Excuse me, yeah, no, it is the NFC East. Uh, I just think they they have too much talent on that defensive side to to uh, to not continue to do well and continue to improve uh, and build up off what they did last year. You know, Chase Young, I believe was Defensive Player of the Year last year, Defensive Rookie of the Year, Jonathan Allen, uh, Montez Sweat, who's an incredible pass rusher. I think they added – who did they add? Give me one second. Actually, I'm going to look this one up. I know they added some guys on the defensive end. I just can't remember who. Um Let's see here. Boom, boom, boom. I know this is not good radio, not good podcast. Um, okay, anyways, uh, Kendall Fuller, who was okay, and Landon Collins, who I, I remember being very good at, with the Giants at one point. So, And William Jackson III, who was one of my favorite Madden players uh, uh, with the Bengals. So I, I am incredibly high on them. I, I just think they're going to be too good uh, with that pass rush. There is oh my god that pass rush is gonna be so much fucking fun to watch, and I don't see how it's gonna be an issue, really against the Chargers even though they have done a lot to invest around Justin Herbert, and that isn't to say the Chargers are bad either, uh, but you know they did lose Hunter Henry, but they still have incredible talent like Austin Eckler, uh, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams who I'm not a huge fan of, um, and Herbert showcased last year to be a phenomenal talent, young talent at the position, but you're gonna give me a point with Washington at home. Ron Rivera is going to absolutely get these guys in shape. They're going to be pumped. Um, oh, also, uh, one guy to look out to fantasy-wise, especially if you're in a dynasty league, uh, De'Ami Brown. Um, don't be surprised if he pops off in a year or two. Um, but speaking of that, I'll start reminding me that they added Adam Humphreys, too, at the slot position. So Terry McLaurin, Adam Humphreys, Curtis Samuel. They might not be the biggest names. Um, maybe Terry McLaurin, a lot of people are finally recognizing his talent, but... There's a lot of speed on that team, uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if they just absolutely, uh, you know, win the the division fairly easy. Uh, but yeah, that's my second lock. So let's go through all the bets one more time. It's Tampa Bay minus seven and a half, Carolina minus five, Jacksonville minus two and a half, 
Uh, Tennessee minus three, Washington plus one, or the money line. I'm probably just going to put the money line for a few bucks. Uh, Miami plus three, Kansas City minus six and a half, Denver minus two and a half, and Green Bay minus four. Um, I'm going to be bet- betting one unit on all of those except for my locks, which I plan on betting two or three units. Uh, Carolina minus five and Washington money line. Those are my two locks this week. I think both of those teams win those games fairly easy. Um, and they're going to be two of my favorite teams to watch this year too. I just don't I don't see how you're not getting excited for this Washington football team. Maybe I'm just looking too much into the addition of Ryan Fitzpatrick because I know, trust me, I know he is in the top 15, maybe even not a top 20 quarterback. But this is going to be such a fun team to watch knowing that they have a capable leader at the, uh, the quarterback position and such a young and promising defense, specifically that pass rush. I just don't see how... Uh, Washington doesn't run away with this division. I understand that the Cowboys are getting better, especially with Dak Prescott back. But fuck, man, I am going full steam ahead with the uh, with the Washington football team. If I've been saying the Redskins, I'm sorry, <laughs> but the Washington football team. I haven't said that in a while. Uh, but yeah, that wraps up the Week One bets. Uh, the next thing we're going to be getting into though are the futures that I have. And we're going to sprinkle a little bit on some parlays, too. I know this is now over an hour long, but I just want to get these out of the way. And then uh, the first episode or the first gambling episode will be be a wrap. So next, let's talk about the futures that I have. So I should start off by saying that I'm not going to really bet on any of the win totals right now. I probably will actually drop another episode tomorrow um, discussing some of the uh, over-unders on the win totals. Uh, some of the bets that I have, uh, bets that I'm looking at as far as like division leaders, you know, Super Bowl winners, and some of the matchups that you have there, or predicting who comes out of each conference, that'll probably be dedicated for tomorrow. So expect another episode tomorrow. Believe it or not, I went from you know dropping one episode uh, with a month gap in between to now giving you two within two days. Um, but yeah, so today we're strictly going to talk about player props, and uh, I'm gonna then I'll finish off the episode with three parlays that I that I've tricked myself into falling in love with. Uh, but to begin with, the first feature is the Jameis Winston most regular season interceptions at plus uh, uh, 1,600, so 16-1 to odds. So Jameis Winston is, without a doubt, the best quarterback the Saints have, and I just don't see them transitioning to Taysom Hill midseason, um, no matter how bad Jameis Winston plays, because... I think if we're being completely honest, they're going to give him the benefit of the doubt knowing that there's just not a lot of talent at the wide receiver position. Uh, he's not really throwing to a lot of uh, talent. I know, again, we touched on it briefly. Like There is a, a Marquez, Callaway, you know, stand group. But outside of him, you know, there's not there's a chance that Michael Thomas is going to be traded. And, and even if he does come back, we just don't know if he'll be able to – you know, adapt and build that chemistry, you know, mid-season end. And while he does have Elvin Kamara, there just isn't a lot there. And so we know Jameis Winston to just be an absolute gunslinger, for better or for worse. And with the expectation to not have any changes mid-season, with the full expectations as he would play in the full season, I just, I love Jameis Winston, 16-1 uh, odds to be the, the season leader in interceptions. Uh, next, I have a bias one, but it won me money last year. It's the Aaron Rodgers regular season MVP bet. So that is 10 to 1 or plus 1,000. 
Uh, Rodgers, again, is with the Packers team that is incredibly talented, one of the favorites coming out of the NFC. Um, again, I wouldn't be surprised if they win 12 to 13 games, and I feel like you have to reach the, the 10-11 win mark, especially with the new addition to the Week 17. Um, you have to have a pretty good winning percentage, and you have to stand out amongst your your peers record-wise to be considered for an MVP. And I think the Packers have the easiest path towards that. The NFC North is relatively weak. The Giants suck. Sorry, not the Giants. The Detroit Lions suck. Um, that should be two wins, even though sometimes the Detroit Lions give us a really hard matchup. Um, the Bears, I'm incredibly low on them. Granted, I'm a hater. I just don't see it this year. Um, even though I love Justin Fields, and I think down the road they'll be a lot better. But that should be another easy two wins. And the Vikings probably the biggest competition in the North. But I just see the Packers on almost every aspect of the offense, defense, and you know special teams. I just think they're just a better team all around. Um, I'm not saying we're going to sweep the NFC North, but like that little pocket of six games, it's a lot to build upon as far as your win totals. And overall, I just think this Packers team has too much talent. I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of these young guys last year took a step. Again, biased, but you know Rodgers coming off an MVP season. He has a reason to have a fuck you type of season too, especially with all the rumors and all the bullshit that was reported, you know, from the likes of like Adam Scheffler and all those other fuck losers in the NFL media. I just see Rodgers at 10 to 1 MVP odds. I fucking love it. Um, I'm definitely going to sprinkle something on that. Paid off last year. Wouldn't be surprised if it plays off again. The only issue is it's really hard to give an MVP uh, trophy to someone in back to back years. In the NFL, it's almost like the curse of uh, the NBA where no one will ever get MB, uh, the MVP odds, or sorry, MVP trophy three years in a row. Um, but I just love Rodgers 10-1 to here. The next are going to be some player props uh, with the wide receiver positions. Uh, I love Jamar Chase. I think he was he is the best wide receiver in this class, but he is in a stacked wide receiving core with T. Higgins, and uh, Tyler Boyd. And right now the over-under is at 965.5 receiving yards. While I wouldn't be surprised if he does get that, especially if Higgins or Boyd gets injured, I'm going the under. Uh, right now it's at minus 112. I'm going to go with the under. Uh, I just don't see how he's able to accumulate that much uh, targets or that many targets and that much yardage, uh, which is being surrounded by two wide receivers that haven't already established themselves as being uh, you know, above average, if not uh, good to great wide receivers in the NFL. So I'm going under uh, under Jamar Chase, under 965.5 receiving yards. The next one is A.J. Green, uh, minus 112. The over-under is set at 550.5 receiving yards. I'm going under. Now, I love A.J. Green. Uh, A.J. Green's been one of my favorite wide receivers over the past 10 years, but he is old. And we saw last year his season was ended early due to injuries, and he's had injury problems over the past five, seven years. So I wouldn't be surprised, unfortunately, and I'm not rooting for it, uh, if he gets injured again. And he's also in an incredibly loaded and stacked wide receiving core out of, in Arizona, too. Uh, you know, DeAndre Hopkins is arguably the best wide receiver in the league. I personally think Devontae Adams is better and Stephon Diggs. Um, but you have DeAndre Hopkins there, who at the very least is a top three wide receiver. Uh, Christian Kirk, who is a young, talented wide receiver. And then you added uh, Rondale Moore, who, again, just an absolute playmaker yeah, if he can revert back to his uh, you know, his freshman season uh, from Purdue, which I know 
that was a historically good season, but like he has the talent. He's incredibly athletic. They have so much at that position. I just don't see an older AJ Green really dominating enough targets to get 550. And and I know 550 is not a lot. I really understand that. Trust me. But he really is just one injury away from ending that season. And I know you can say that about any player, really. But with his uh, history of injuries and uh, his lack of production over the past three years, I just don't see him eclipsing uh, 550. So I'm going over. I'm going the under on that. Uh, two more unders that I have at the wide receiver position. The next one is Odell Beckham Jr. Um, I have been a huge Odell Be- Beckham supporter over the past few years. I think he gets a bad rap when it comes to being emotional on the field. I think it's really fucked up, and I'm going. To, I'm going to go on a tangent here. I think it's really fucked up that people will criticize Odell Beckham for having like a tantrum on the sidelines, but then they'll fucking praise somebody like Tom Brady for having an equally, if not worse, outburst um, on the sidelines. And this bullshit excuse that, like, oh, he's a champion, he can do whatever he wants, I fucking hate that. If you're going to hold someone to a standard for displaying emotions, that needs to be a standard that's held without the league. Why the fuck do people get mad that a wide receiver actually gives a shit about the game? Why is this stigma always associated with them being divas? It's fucking brain dead sometimes, that take. He cares, so he got emotional. Why did he get emotional? Because he fucking cares about winning. Why is that a bad thing? Would you rather him just be this Tim Duncan-esque attitude where he just sits down and looks displeased, looks bored? If he did that, you would still get fucking uh, angry with him. Just like people were doing with Jay Cutler. Jay Cutler used to be this fiery fucking personality. Uh, and then he got butchered for it. Just absolutely butchered for being this aggressive, shit-talking, passionate quarterback. And then when they got criticized for that, he reverted to this just boring Jay Cutler, smoking Jay Cutler personality. And he still got crucified for that as well. So if you're listening to this and you're one of those people that likes to shit on players for being emotional, fuck you. I think you're... That's an incredibly stupid take to have. And I think Odell Beckham is one of the unfortunate uh, people that's had to endure these uh, this reputation of just being this diva when in actuality he was just passionate about winning. And I think that shit needs to stop. But with that said, he is not going to get over 925 yards. Um, so obviously he's coming off a huge injury. Uh, and while he didn't have a huge injury history past, there is enough of a sample size to say that there is a lot of issues going on with him. Um, and he really wasn't gelling that well with Baker Mayfield. I know, you know, the numbers weren't exactly terrible. There's a lot of games where he just absolutely popped off, but you know, with Jarvis Landry and Baker Mayfield having a, in my eyes, a better connection, um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if it's going to be really hard to eclipse that, especially when this is going to be a run focused offense, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, arguably the best running back duel in the NFL, um, they're just going to stuff it down people's throats. And why wouldn't you when you have that talented of a backfield? Um, I could be wrong on this one. This is probably the one that I feel the least confident on because I do love Odell Beckham. But Odell Beckham minus uh, 112 for under 925.5 yards. I'm going to bet that. Um, and the next one is another rookie who I happen to have on my dynasty team that I just don't think is going to be able to carve out enough role, enough of a role especially considering he's been missing a, a week or two early in the NFL season due to an injury, is Kadarius Toney. Uh, Kadarius Toney was just drafted by the Giants, I believe, in the first or second round. 
And right now the over-under is set at 450 and a half yards. I'm going under. So I just think that that right receiving core has too many bodies ahead of him. You know, they just added, uh, added Kenny Galladay, who in my eyes is one of the more talented uh, wide receivers in the game. Uh, and then you have uh, Darius Slayton and um, I can't think of his fucking name. I think it's Shepard, uh, Sterling Shepard. Evan Ingram, if he could ever revert back to form after that rookie season, like uh, he may be done. Like he may, that may have just been a flash in the pan. But I do think the talent is there with Evan Ingram. And then you got Saquon Barkley coming back. He was going to demand targets, considering he's one of the best all-around running backs in the NFL. So they have, they do have weapons at that at, on that team. And it's just a fucking shame that Daniel Jones is the quarterback that is given all these tools. I just don't see him being able to make, you know, three different receivers fantasy viable. Um and I don't see how he's able to build a relationship with Kadarius Tony that gets to the point where, you know, four hundred and fifty is is truly achievable. So Kadarius Tony minus one twelve under four fifty and a half receiving yards. I'm booking that. I'm taking that to the fucking bank. Um and the last future player prop that I have uh, for today's episode is Saquon Barkley over eight and a half rushing touchdowns. So I know I just shit on the Giants, uh, but I do think Saquon is just incredibly talented. Uh, he's uh, my second favorite running back in the NFL, just behind Aaron Jones. He is so fucking talented, and it's just a shame that he has endured some injuries. So the the main critique of this bet is obviously his injury history, right? And a history of that New York Giants offensive line not being great. Uh, sometimes being one of the worst in the NFL. However, I do think it's going to improve this year. Uh, and I do think, I, I am hopeful here, but I do hope and believe that Saquon Barkley is going to remain healthy. And if he does remain healthy, there's just no fucking way in my mind he doesn't get over eight and a half rushing touchdowns. He is too talented to not get that. So maybe Daniel Jones does uh, take a next step in his development and become an average to above average quarterback. If that's the case, that offense should have no issues whatsoever driving down the field enough to produce like 20, 25, you know, sometimes 30 points a game. And if you're going down there that often to the red zone or even like 30, 40 yards, 40 yard line, you're going to give Saquon Barkley opportunities to break one, you know, take it to the house, a 30, 40 yard rush, whatever it may be. He's that fucking talented. Give me nine-plus touchdowns this year. I'm taking that. So that'll wrap up the player props that I have. So we have Jameis Winston, um, 16-1 for most regular season interceptions. Aaron Rodgers, 10-1 for regular season MVP. Jamar Chase, under 965 receiving yards. A.J. Green, under 555 receiving yards. Uh, Odell Beckham under 925 receiving yards. Kadarius Tony under 450. There's a lot of unders that I have. And uh, Saquon over eight and a half. Oh, and I forgot one. Uh, T.J. Hawkinson over. There we go. We, there's there's our first over uh, for the receiver position. I know he's a tight end. Uh, over 775 and a half receiving yards. I think this is a lock if he stays healthy. Jared Goff um, is the new quarterback. Uh, in Detroit, and Detroit doesn't have a lot of talent at the uh, wide receiver position. They have Tyrell Williams, who I do like, and he is the number one, but outside of him, 
you know, and even even then, he's not even that fantastic. You know, you have Amon Ross St. Brown, who was just drafted this year, who's looking to be a promising young player. Uh, you have Quintess Cyphus or Cephas, who had a good year last year. But that's it. That's really it. So I, I do think that TJ Hawkinson is going to be able to establish himself as one of the – he already is one of the uh, better tight ends in the league. But this year, with Jared Goff needing a safety blanket at the position, I just don't see how he doesn't pepper TJ Hawkinson this year. And over 775, I, I don't see how that's a, not a lock. That's just straight fucking money. If you do have to bet, or if you only had enough to bet on one future, I would bet on the over 775 receiving yards for Hawkinson. Barring injury, there's just no fucking way he doesn't get that. Uh, but that wraps up the player prop futures that I have for today's episode. So we're going to finish off with the most brain-dead segment, and that's going to be my parlays. So before we get into these, I have to be honest. I do not hit a lot of my parlays, as most people don't, because my parlays are usually fucking stupid, like me. Um, I like to go overboard sometimes. You know, I am not shy of having a 12-team parlay. Uh, I The more legs, the better. That's the way I look at it. Um, but I'm going to try to dial it in a little bit for this episode give you a little bit more of a reasonable uh uh achievable parlay uh selection um but yeah the more and more we go uh, week by week you will see some just absolutely ridiculous shit from me at, at this part when it comes to parlays because look it's almost a guarantee that you're just throwing money away and again feeding the starving sports bookmakers but if you hit if you hit, you're going to make a shit ton of money. Uh, so let's go into the first one. This is only a three-leg parlay. Uh, it is Carolina minus four and a half. I do believe the, the line is actually now five. Um, but I got them in at four and a half. Uh, Miami money line uh, over the Patriots. And Green Bay minus three, uh, which I now believe the line is now minus four. So I was able to get a half point on the Panthers and a full point with the Packers. Again, like uh, as I mentioned earlier, the Carolina Panthers are one of my locks. I just think they're going to beat the brakes off the Jets. Um, Miami, it, it is it is a tough game against the Patriots, especially considering it's in New England. But I just think the talent that they have in the secondary is going to give Mac Jones a lot of fits. Um, and I really do think that Tua is not one to cost you a game. So even though they will not have Will Fuller to start off the to start off the season, considering he's suspended, I do think that Devontae Parker, Jalen Waddle, and Mike Gusecki are enough of a, a receiving group for Tua to really do numbers, not do numbers, but really perform against New England, especially because I believe they're without Stephon Gilmore. I'm pretty positive the Patriots don't have Gilmore week one. Could be wrong. But for some reason, I think that he's he's injured. So, yeah, I don't think they're going to have Gilmore. So that's really going to allow people like Devontae Parker and Waddle uh, to get open and you know have some opportunities to make plays against that New England defense. So I love Miami. And then Green Bay, I've already said it, I think they're going to destroy the Saints. Um, it's really unfortunate for the Saints that they're no longer at home. But Carolina, uh, minus 4.5. Or five Miami money line and Green Bay minus three or minus four. Uh, this three uh, three leg parlay I have at plus seven seventy five, so, so almost eight to one odds. 
Uh, I think that hits. I'm pretty fucking positive that one's going to hit. The only one that gives me fear is the Miami game, but I really don't see Carolina and Green Bay not covering. So, um, yeah, I love that parlay. I'm pretty sure it's fucking going to hit. The next one's a little bit more wild. It is a five-legger. It is the first leg is over 51.5 for points total, uh, Dallas and Tampa. So I do think Tampa's going to destroy Dallas, but Dallas has a fucking firepower. Sorry, has a lot of firepower at the wide receiver position. Dak's coming back. Maybe he has something to prove. It may take him a little bit to, you know, to get accustomed to everything again, uh, considering he's been out for so long. But um, I do think Dallas will score. Um, just not enough to keep up with Tampa Bay. So the over-under is at 51.5. I think Tampa's going to put up a 30 spot um, pretty easily, too. So I'm going over on that. Carolina Moneyline already discussed the Panthers and why I love them. Uh, the over uh, on the Broncos-Giants game, it's currently set at 42.5. I'm a huge fan of the Broncos, again. I love that offense. I just don't see uh, Teddy Bridgewater having any type of struggles with that talent around him. Um, it does concern me a little bit considering that like Vic Fangio is kind of known for having these stout defensive units and, you know, there is a lot of talent on the pass rush. And again, I'm not that huge on Daniel Jones, but 42 and a half is pretty low. And I just, I can see the Broncos putting up like 28 and thus making it like a little bit easier for the Giants to, uh, you know, help put them over the over on that on that points total. Uh, Miami money line, already talked about it. I love Miami against New England. And then the Packers money line, already talked about it. Absolutely love them. So that's a five-legger. That is 20 to 1, okay? Obviously, the money lines change, or the money lines on the, on the Dolphins and the Packers could be a little iffy and Carolina. Uh, but, you know, in, in the previous parlay, we were giving away points. With the Panthers and Packers, in this case, it's just straight money line. You add in the overs on the Dallas and Tampa game. That one's kind of scary, I won't lie to you, but I do think Brady and Prescott will be capable of eclipsing that uh, that, that total. Um, and then the, the most, I guess, confident outside of the, the Packers and Carolina that I have on this parlay is the over 42.5 on the Broncos. I just I love that bet. I might actually just uh, bet that one individually too. Um, but right now, that five-legger, 20-to-1 odds, fucking book it, okay? And the next one is a special that I came up with in light of everything. And this will be the final bet that I have for today's episode. So uh, some of you know that I just moved back from Houston, and I did not like my time down in, in Texas. Um, and with everything that Texas has been doing as far as the heartbeat abortion law that just passed last week, and then uh, today they uh, passed a new bill. Governor Greg Abbott, in regards to some voter restrictions, now making it that much more difficult to to vote in Texas. Texas has had a rough week. They've had a rough year. Um, you know, we all saw what happened with that snowstorm and their inability to make sure that they were properly, that infrastructure was properly maintained. They, they're a shit show of a state right now. Everybody, for some reason, like Texas has had this reputation of just being like this absolutely fucking phenomenal state over the past few years. And like, it's this safe haven for conservatives, for people that don't want to get taxed and all that. I get that. I really, truly get that. Businesses are moving there. That's fucking fantastic. But I fucking hate Texas. Like from the bottom of my heart, Texas can suck a dick. Uh, Especially in light of the the two uh, recent bills that they passed that 
you know, gain national headlines. So because of that, I created the Fuck Texas Parlay. And it's you could do a teaser with it too. It doesn't really matter. But it's Tampa uh, just dicking down Dallas and Houston uh, getting dicked down by Jacksonville. Just straight money line. It's not a huge one. It's literally just plus 111. So it's it's barely plus anything. Um, but I love this. I love Tampa just fucking over Dallas. And I love Jacksonville just fucking over Houston. Fuck Texas. That'll be the end of my episode. If you're going to bet anything, just bet that one. Because there's no fucking way, if God is real, that tech, either of the Texas teams win a game this week. Fuck Texas. I love you guys. Thank you for listening to this hour and almost a half long episode i hope it was somewhat informative i know i imagine i was rambling throughout the entire time and uh, maybe not making sense but um yeah i'm gonna keep track of all of these bets and i'm gonna hold myself accountable so i plan on for if i do not get over 500 percent uh this season on these on these weak bets so just the the spreads I will donate $5 for every single loss uh, to a charity of the people's choice. So there will be a poll if the, in the event that this happens. So there's a very real chance that I could be like upwards like $500 or something. Um, so yeah, I'm going to hold myself accountable. I think as my history shows with uh, me being in the positive on FanDuel and Barstool that I win money. <laughs> um but again, I'm not a professional. I don't have a system. I'm just going purely off the eye test, purely off biases that I have, purely off some blind spots. Uh, but yeah, that is the first gambling episode on my podcast. Thank you all for listening. And God bless the Green Bay Packers. God bless Aaron Rodgers. We're going to fucking win the Super Bowl. Thanks. Bye.